Welcome to Transportation Radio. I'm your host, Bernie Wagonblast, and I'm pleased to be joined by Ronnie Hakem, the Managing Director of the New York Metropolitan Transportation Authority. While that's Ronnie's current position, we're not going to be talking today too much about what she's doing in New York. Rather, we're going to look back at her time in New Jersey. In September, Ronnie was inducted into the ITS New Jersey Hall of Fame. Prior to starting her most recent stint with the MTA, she served as the executive director of both New Jersey Transit and the New Jersey Turnpike Authority. Ronnie, welcome and congratulations on entering the ITS New Jersey Hall of Fame. Thanks, Bertie, and uh, I very much appreciated the honor from ITS New Jersey. You know, I, I feel like that is a society that bears a lot of good fruit for the transportation network in New Jersey and, dare I say, our region. The region, although you're in New York uh, and ITS New Jersey is, is looking at the Garden State, the two regions are certainly intertwined and uh, you can't escape one from the other, I suppose. No, you know, what I said, uh, it, and it, it applied when I worked at, at the Turnpike Authority in New Jersey. It applied when I worked at Transit, New Jersey Transit, um, out of Newark, is our region is so dense, and our commuters travel across so many modes every day that if one thing doesn't work right, whether it was uh, something was not working right on the turnpike and the the uh, extension to the Holland Tunnel, or there was a problem on the pass system, or New Jersey Transit had a, a line down, we all would feel it, whether it was through the roadway network or the rail network or the bus network. You know, everything had to really work together because our commuters rely on that in the entirety, the diverse choice of that transportation network. Well, as I mentioned in the introduction, it's been, I think you had about six years or so that you were really based in New Jersey between NJ Transit and the Turnpike Authority. And during that six years, a lot happened, obviously. What were some of the, the biggest personal highlights during those six years for you as you managed those two different agencies? Thinking back to my time at the Turnpike Authority, you know, I, I came in the midst of their $10 billion capital program, and obviously a lot of that was, was investment in infrastructure, the Turnpike widening, the Garden State Parkway widening, but there was a significant component of that program that went to uh, technology, whether it's the camera system, the VMS signs, the installation of travel times, that, you know, those were exciting times to be a part of the Turnpike Authority. And we did actually give our drivers on the parkway and the Turnpike good, intelligent transportation information. You know, journey times alone gave people choices about whether to drive up to the George Washington Bridge or make a choice to come through Manhattan at the Holland Tunnel. You know, all of those technology investments have really paid off, I think, for the drivers on the parkway and the turnpike. You talked about how technology certainly improved things for drivers on the, the parkway and the turnpike. But what about NJ Transit? Now, that was a, a little bit different, obviously. It's a, a transit agency, so you're looking at buses and rail vehicles. What role did uh, technology play during your time there? 
So one of the, you know, standout moments for us at New Jersey Transit and it had to do with the Port Authority bus terminal and the way we were able to improve the circulation of the bus system and the bus network at the bus terminal. And one of the building blocks of being able to do that was getting Wi-Fi going so that we could actually give our dispatchers and supervisors and personnel at the terminal the ability to, in real time, manage those buses as efficiently as possible. And the success of that was that queuing came dramatically down. Customers were, you know, absolutely appreciative of shorter waits, faster bus movement in and out of the terminal. Um, You know, very key. Technology was was an important part of that. On the rail side, perhaps one of the, the biggest components had to do with the um, the development of that consolidated mobile app for NJ Transit. So whether it was being able to know when the next train was coming, what the bus schedule was, buying your fare on your phone, you know, having that account-based uh, system through your through the mobile app really gave our customers, I think, something to benefit from. And that was technology that was developed through New Jersey Transit. Now, despite the fact that the Turnpike Authority obviously operates roadways and NJ Transit operates a transit system, were there similarities in some of the challenges that you faced when it came to technology between the two different agencies? I, th- I think one of the one of the challenges that we all face in transportation is being open-minded and being thoughtful and creative enough to say there is a different way of doing something. You know, at the Turnpike, the statewide traffic management center relied on the long history of their traffic control supervisors in terms of being able to manage traffic between the barrels on the Turnpike, for example, or what to do in the event of an accident and you needed to divert traffic. But working with IBM was one of the new moments in time where they were able to bring to the Turnpike and to the traffic management folks there an automated and predictive traffic management program, which, you know, really facilitated the supervisor's role to be able to rely on the system itself, not just years and years of experience, because our workforce is changing. People who've been working for the last 30 years in transportation, what are they doing? They're retiring. So we we need technology to be able to step in and be able to make our systems all the more reliable and reliant. The technology that transportation agencies use, whether it's transit agencies or roadway agencies, very visible. It gets a lot of attention. It gets a lot of media coverage. When it comes, though, to technology, you talk about leading edge. They talk about bleeding edge. How far out in front do you think public agencies should be when it comes to technology? How much risk is there in trying to provide information, but at the same time, the risk of of testing technology that perhaps isn't quite ready for prime time? Yeah, you know, that's a very interesting point. You know, I, I, I like to be towards the front of the pack, Bernie, but not necessarily at the bleeding edge, because... These are expensive programs, and they take a long time to implement, and we can't afford to make mistakes. You know, the the research and development and the 
certification of a technology really needs to be done, I think, by the proponents of the technology, the vendor and the supplier community, not by the public owners. Another one of the challenges when it comes to technology that you hear about is that government agencies, they have policies and procedures in place to protect the public, to protect the agency in terms of their procurements and things of that sort, but that perhaps those policies and procedures present some of their own challenges when it comes to procuring technology, which is changing so rapidly. What's your viewpoint on that? You're, you're right. I think that we do have a, a challenge of trying to do things differently. The old lopsided risk share contract may not work right in a in a a, a pro project or a program where we are in fact trying to implement some new technology in an in an otherwise old environment and so you know we we constantly have that challenge ourselves of trying to balance a risk allocation that is fair and appropriate Infrastructure, you talked a little bit about that before. Um, when you look at roadways, for instance, the Turnpike and the Parkway, both being toll-supported facilities, they have a steady source of income to help make sure that the infrastructure stays up to date. Transit, it's a little bit of a different challenge because Fairbox revenue doesn't totally cover the costs of operating and maintaining a system. And on top of that, you look at New Jersey Transit, it's using infrastructure that in many cases is over 100 years old that was once operated by private railroad companies that went bankrupt and then uh, the state uh, and NJ Transit took over uh, the responsibility for operating in that. What are some of the challenges with such old infrastructure and trying to overlay new technology on top of that? That is a challenge. You know, one of the programs that... Um, well, we just we just lived through this difficult summer because of a lack of investment in some of the pen infrastructure, and that you know Amtrak sort of owned up to it and said, "Hey, look, we've got to make some investments, and we we're going to have to have uh, service disruptions over this this seven week time period this past summer." And we all had to come together and figure out how to how to manage that and how to provide mitigation strategies for our, all of our customers on both sides of the river. And you know, that that to me was the you know the the absolute example of why it's critically important to have steady stream of investment, steady dedicated funding sources for transportation and, and transit um, networks. You talked about what happened with Penn Station this summer. Obviously, Penn Station is operated by Amtrak, but it is a place where both the MTA and New Jersey Transit come together and overlap. New Jersey Transit trains, as some may not realize, go through the East River tunnels and are laid up in the yards in Sunnyside, Queens, whereas also with the MTA, you have... MTA-operated trains that are running out of Hoboken on New Jersey transit lines until they cross the state border. So you've had a chance to see things from both sides. Do you think that helps you better anticipate some of the problems, to better uh, expect what is going to be going on and how better to manage it? I have had that, you know, incredible advantage of working on both sides of the river, and that has given me, you know, 
truly that regional perspective. Although I do think that all of us who work in the transportation space share that regional perspective. It's one of the advantages of a group like ITSNJ that, you know, brings people together, brings brings owners together, brings transit, transportation providers together, brings the vendor community together. And you, what happens? Relationships get built. We learn from one another. We, sh- we share lessons learned in other places. Um, so, yeah, I think that it does give – it gives me personally the opportunity to see things from a, a larger perspective and also to try to anticipate problems and – and also to try to solve problems as creatively as possible, relying on those relationships on both sides of the river. Beyond the relationships, uh, we've talked about your past experience in New Jersey, but I'd like to, with this one last question, take a little bit of a look at what you're doing in New York and ask, how has what you've learned in New Jersey been able to be applied to what you're doing now with the MTA? So one of the things that came came to mind when I came back to New York and first at New York City Transit and then ultimately at MTA headquarters was how much I benefited from the six years that I was away because it showed me that there were different ways of doing things, that there were ideas out there, whether it was the way that the Turnpike Authority was implementing its capital program, whether it was the way New Jersey Transit built a mobile app and how it met its customers' needs through that mobile app, whether it was, you know, bringing the subject matter experts together to solve what was the problem of bus terminal performance. That was a collaboration with the Port Authority folks that run the terminal as well as New Jersey Transit folks that run buses as well as some of the private bus operators that run um, in and out of that terminal. So, you know, it, it did – it did give me the opportunity to say there isn't just one way of solving one problem. You know, in this world, problems are so complex that you really do need to have sort of a multidisciplined approach to it. And frequently that means reaching out to different partners and stakeholders and getting people together to solve things together. And I think many years ago, certainly here in New York, you know, and I think this this was a, a common issue with transportation. You know, we just solved all our problems ourselves. And obviously that didn't work out real well in many instances. And now there's a, a much more regional approach, much more partnering approach to things. And I think that just makes it better for all of our customers. Well, we've been talking with Ronnie Hakem. Ronnie is currently the Managing Director of the New York Metropolitan Transportation Authority, and she was this year's inductee into the ITS New Jersey Hall of Fame. Ronnie, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Thanks so much, Bernie. Always a pleasure.